You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Phoenix Suns is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON20, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Free Suns rotation player here on today's episode of Locked on Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and I am your host, Brendan Clean. You can follow our show on Twitter and on Instagram at LockedOnPHXSuns, and you can follow me on Twitter at BrendanClean14. But because it is a Monday... I am joined today by Brandon. You know him as Zona on Twitter. He is at AZ Sports Zone. Brandon, how are you feeling heading into the break? Good to be back and, uh, you know, excited for this All-Star game, even though, uh, you know, Booker's out. You know, the Suns have the second best record in the NBA. So uh, definitely a great time for the season to pause so we can just kind of get those uh, record, like, standing screenshots out there and... <laughs> So every time you like refresh the standings, it's just nice to see them up there. It feels like you have to get the you have to like have a reality check to make sure that uh, there's not a glitch in the programming of the website or something. But yes, very nice way to freeze things for a bit and disappointing, I suppose, to not see Booker in the All Star game, uh, especially this year where I think he would have actually gotten on the floor a little more. But um, I think all things considered, it might be a win win where he gets the honor but also does not overextend himself and actually gets to rest I think we might look back on that as a a positive come playoff time that he did actually get some time off and I don't think the injury is anything too serious but just to get off of the court for a bit in a way that a lot of the best players won't be able to might might end up being a blessing in disguise but that is not what we are here to talk about we're recording before the all-star game guys so we will not have any takes on that Um, you will be hearing this after it So if Chris Paul wins MVP or something crazy like that, uh, you'll have to wait till Tuesday to hear what I think about it. But what we are here to do is grade every player. As I said, we are um, at the halfway point. The last time we did this, the episode was February 1st. So as you can imagine, we're going to be abundantly positive this time, looking at the second quarter of the season. So we are grading how the players performed from February 1st up to now, February 7th. Uh, Not their season as a whole, not just the past week, but that stretch of games. Um, I believe it is 16 or 17 total games, and the Suns were, I believe, 14 and 3, 13 and 3 in that stretch. Uh, The wins blend together, Brandon, but I'll let you go first. We are starting with DeAndre Ayton, the big man. Third year, numbers a little bit down, but obviously playing good basketball. I think we were pretty high on him. Um, the first time we did this, but we're hoping to see a little bit more consistency, maybe a little more overall productivity. Didn't quite get that, but obviously part of the winning uh, team around here is good to see. Where, where are you with DA? Yeah, so I'm still sitting at, I think, out of him out of B last time. I'm going to just kind of sit there with him, uh, keep it out of B. Just he, He's been uh, a little inconsistent offensively, obviously shooting a career low 10.5 field goals per game. Uh, so he's not as involved in the offense and part of it's just their scheme part of it's him not being aggressive enough sometimes on that side of the floor but uh, you know defensively for the most part I've been pretty impressed Um, there's been a couple games you know where 
just really good players have, have, you know, beat him off the dribble and people started to freak out a little bit. And I think that's just more of a, a tribute to just how good that like NBA players are rather than him just uh, not being able to guard out there. You know, sometimes the guys are just going to get theirs and, you know, he's had a couple of bounce back games defensively since then. So um, overall, you know, this is, you know, 14 and 11, you know, dominating the glass and, uh, you know, it's there. There's some to be like left for left desired there with the the points, but the impact of the game, I think, uh, you know, leaves him in that mark where I'm not going to knock him uh, from where I had him before. Still 61% on twos, so um, he's been yeah. efficient, just less involved on that side of the floor. During February, which was 15 games for him, 31 minutes per night. 14 and a half points, which is actually the same as his season average. So I guess consistency in that regard. Um, but he shot 63% from the field on 10 field goal attempts per game in the month of February and uh, 3.3 offensive rebounds every night, which both really stand out to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I agree with you on, I think the main memory I might have from this period from him is the, the LaMelo Ball, James Harden, burning him on the perimeter, all of that stuff. And yeah, disappointing. You know, it, it maybe shows that his ceiling is not at the highest it's going to be yet. You know, he's going to have matchups that he can't do, you know, much against, against the very cream of the crop in terms of perimeter playmakers in the NBA. But like you said, I mean, that's more of a testament to them than to a, a knock on Aiton in my mind. And I guess list me the players who can contain those guys who are seven feet tall. You know, I don't think it's very big. And when you get to that point, it's like, are you really grading Aiton against what he's capable of? Or are you grading Aiton by what you wish he could be? And that is one area where I think, you know, we got to do the the former rather than the latter. And so I'm going to go with a B minus. I still feel like, you know, we didn't see until he eclipses the point. You know, Eddie Johnson had a good sort of rant on this on Zach Lowe's podcast. It's something we all think about a lot. You know, until he has a stretch where he's just straight up dominant every night and doing what he can do. I don't even mean that he needs to score 20 or get 18 rebounds a night or block three shots, or I'm not going to be looking at his dunk totals. It's just about the mentality, the way he plays the game. We know what it looks like when it's there. Until it's there for a whole month, it's just going to be hard for me to put him in that AA plus range. So I'm going to have him at a B minus because I think he can do more, but Obviously, I think when you really come back to it, it's like he's a starting center playing a lot of minutes on a great team. And at a certain point, that has to mean something as well. And so that's that's sort of where I land with him. He individually can do more, but as a part of this team, he's doing a pretty good job. Uh, let's go on to Devin Booker, the other, obviously, franchise cornerstone here and just an incredible month for him um I mean let's see the statistics 33 point or 33 minutes a night 28 points 52 percent shooting uh five assists 40 percent from three 85 percent from the free throw line getting there six times cutting down on the turnovers I mean I feel like what we saw this month from Booker is what a lot of us were dreaming about in 2015 16 17 watching him take the take his lumps and thinking about what he could be on a good team yeah, pretty decent month, I'd say. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, this is kind of why early in the year when he was struggling a little bit, like to his standards, that people were saying he was struggling because we've seen him do this before. The only difference now is that it's like on a winning team, and 
obviously like this month was just insane as far as you know climbing up the standings and just watching him just close out games so uh, I kind of always like I've been adamant that this was going to happen you just got to be patient and let them you know find their find their groove and it's definitely starting to pan out so um, you know there's if he keeps it up I mean I think all NBA is definitely in the cards and you know we'll, we'll see how like where he takes it from here but um, are we doing grades now or yeah I mean I would just say obviously he was the conference player of the month I mean we have to throw that yeah. in there we're talking about the guy who you know won the literal award for being the best player in his conference this month and um, I think his return from the injury and his you know cutting back on mistakes and becoming a little bit more efficient especially from three in my opinion all of those things were a big reason that the Suns took off in February and you know won double digit games and and cemented themselves as a top four seed a lot of that to me was that that switch flipping from where we were with Booker the last time we did this to you know where we are now where I think we're going to be both pretty high on the grade so I will go first in this one Uh, I have him at an A plus I feel like it's impossible to say anything else I mean yeah I guess we can do the defense thing over and over but I think he's been pretty good there locked in engaged you know hustling doing everything he can on his man is he perfect no but the offense is just so 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 good and so efficient that I'm at an A plus I, I feel like you can't really go any other direction but maybe you will Oh, no. I'm going to go with an A-plus as well. I don't think there's any way you can argue with player of the month. Uh, so yeah. I'm not going to change course there. But, um, yeah, defensively, I really have been impressed this year. I think he's always had it, like especially a one-on-one. He's like a competitor. So, you know, whenever he's guarding like the ball, most of the time he really doesn't back down. and He's pretty strong. So I like him there. It's just off the ball, just falling asleep sometimes and conserving energy. So... Uh, but for the most part, I've, I think his defense has been close to average, uh, maybe slightly below average this season. And, you know, you can't have a top, I think, they're, what, third in defense right now without uh, with a player being terrible on defense. So it's he's definitely stepped up. And uh, I, I think he's – I don't want to say he's underrated there, but he's gotten to the point where he's not a complete liability. and He's, he's not, not any worse than – any number of guys in the league even who are all-stars right like Kyrie Irving's an yeah. all-star you know like there's plenty of he's not hurting the team which I think is is like you said you can't have a defense at the point that this one is with somebody who's just a complete train wreck like this is not Lou Williams or something this is you know a, a really capable player who uses his size and his IQ well to make an impact so but we're picking nits we shouldn't even be talking about the defense because <laughs> they won just about every game they played this stretch of games and and he was an incredible player so yeah we're both at an a plus um and we will start the next segment with a player who we might have a little bit more of a disagreement on we'll have to see um but first a quick word from our friends at betonline.ag betonline's fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action College basketball heating up. We've got conference tournaments in both men's and women's, NHL and NBA every single night. Maybe you have, uh, I told you guys before, somehow Nikola Jokic is, you know, I mean, I guess it's not somehow, but I wouldn't write off this MVP race. Check out Jokic, maybe even Luka Doncic still. Those are good money bets right now. Um, maybe you have a Cinderella 
in March Madness that you really like. Georgia on the women's game just broke into the SEC championship, surprisingly. They might be a good bet. I don't know. Uh, check it out. Bet Online has real-time updated odds and props on anything that you can imagine. The best part is absolutely free to sign up. So you're going to go to betonline.ag on the web or use your mobile device to download the Bet Online app. You're going to sign up, make an account, and then when you make your first deposit, use the promo code Locked On. That's all one word, the name of our network. Again, Locked On. When you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus. That's right, a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Back here with more player grades from the second quarter of the season. And a quick reminder as well to check out Locked On Bets. If you are on the Bet Online app, messing around, there's no better place to get some advice than Locked On Bets. Every morning, 20, 25 minutes, the best bets of the day, and across the whole spectrum. So if you're like, I know my NBA, but I don't have any idea what to do with the NHL. Well, they, they cross the whole spectrum. Uh, your boy Q, Lee Sterling, every morning, check that show out and uh, make a little extra money for yourself. Okay. The guy I, I thought, Brandon, we might have a little bit of a, of a disagreement on is Chris Paul. Um, because I think, like, if you look at his game log, going into the break, you know, he was not scoring like he had been. Um, you know, he wasn't putting up these gaudy assist numbers. He's a guy who I think, like a LeBron James or player like that, knows, he just knows when he needs to impact the game. And, and how he needs to impact the game, and he didn't need to score 20. He didn't need to have 30 and 15 to win. They obviously won four heading into the break, so it's not a coincidence that it coincided there, but it makes it all pretty hard to say where he landed uh, in terms of a grade. So uh, what did you make of, of Chris Paul's stretch here? Because Booker went off, and Paul was you know a little bit up and down. Not, not ever bad, but not always consistently awesome. Yeah, I think uh, I think early on in the season he kind of struggled with knowing, uh, or not knowing, but just he needed to be more aggressive offensively. And then there was a point where Booker missed time, and he realized like, you know, I got to score, I got to turn it up a notch. We kind of saw that, and then with Booker like rounding back into his old self offensively, I think you saw Paul kind of take that step back a little bit again, which is a good thing I think for the team and. You know, in February, he still averaged, you know, 17.4 points per game, 9.4 assists, five boards, plus 16. Um, so, you know, true shooting percentage of like, you know, 64%. Uh, so um, overall, I think he had, he had a very solid month and um, was a big reason Booker was able to, you know, win player of the month just because he kind of took the back seat, but also, you know, led when he needed to. And the staggering was... I think was perfect by Monty um, for the most part between those two. Um, I know there's some people I didn't like how he was using them early, but I think in the long, he was just had big picture in, in his mind when he's doing that. So um, I think it's starting to work out. It seems to me like part of what we need to think about with the staggering is not so much like going minute by minute and seeing is every moment of the lineup or is the lineup perfect in every single moment. Um, and more so like, results over process a little bit they're still winning an insane amount of games both guys are playing well it's not seeming to affect their rhythm at all and 
I think the reality is a lot of the staggering is not even about staggering so much as it is limiting the minutes of mostly Chris Paul, but Devin Booker to an extent. And if we can get through the season with both of these guys healthy, they're both going to be playing 36, 38 minutes at night. And, you know, so it's like those minutes where, you know, neither guy is on the floor or one of them is on the floor with a subpar backcourt mate, it's not going to matter as much. And so I think there is actually a little bit of credit to be given as well for both Paul and Booker, but I would say especially Paul, the, I mean, he plays with some lineups that do not have a lot of offensive talent and he still finds a way to create offense for those guys, even when he's not scoring the ball. And that, I mean, it's pretty impressive. You saw like a little more cutting toward the going into the break from Bridges and the two-man game with Dario Saric, like he finds what's going to work within the lineup he's in, and it just turns into points, no matter really seemingly who is on the floor with him. It's really interesting, though. Like, So he played um, in February. He was 31 minutes per game, 17.4 points, 9.4 assists, and just under five rebounds. Um, but crazier, and you kind of hinted that with the true shooting, 54-46-96 shooting splits. Just absurd efficiency. Um, but then you look into just the last four games. The They, they were all wins, but they were against some um, subpar opponents. And yes, that's what I'm calling the Lakers when they don't try and have no players on the floor that are healthy. Um, he was at only 11 points, 11 assists, and five rebounds. So really, really quiet and 33% from three in those four games as well only taking three a night. So I, I think it's obvious the numbers sort of show he is a, has been a different player. Um, so let's do the grade. I would say for me, it's probably a B plus. I don't want to put him in the A range because I don't think he was trying for the A range. I don't think he would tell us he was at the absolute best he can possibly be. I think if you look at where the way he played when Booker was hurt at the end of January... That, to me, is probably the best. I mean, there were stretches like that fourth quarter against the Pelicans where he just turned into, like, the best point guard in the NBA for a little while where he showed it to us. But I think he was intentionally withholding a little bit this this uh, this month, this stretch of games, the second quarter. So I'm not going to give him the A. I'll go with the B plus. Where are you? Yeah, I'm going to disagree here a little bit. Um, I, I'm going to give him an A. I think uh, this month he just kind of – I could see why he would. Like, there was definitely some duds in there, and – the Portland game is another one that kind of stands out. Two points, um, nine assists in that game. They still won by 32, so. Um, <laughs> yeah, it worked. But I think he's just kind of taking uh, – he's not, like, forcing anything, taking what the defense gives him, and, you know, he's not too concerned with numbers right now. And, uh, you know, he still had some monster games uh, in this month. And just the assists, too. He's at, you know, 19, 15, 15, uh, a few 10 sprinkled in. So it's – he's still – still the point god you know he's playing very efficient and i think the true shooting percentage is what bumps me up to an a for him um along with averaging nearly 10 assists a game during this stretch so i'm gonna give him a solid a um i think him and booker both surveys obviously booker's an a plus and uh, you know there's a reason they're both in the the all-star game so that's fair I, i i think obviously it's just hard to to judge a player that's so can affect the game so much without needing to score, needing to, you know, show up in a big way on the box score. And so I totally Mm -hmm. get it. We'll go with the other veteran addition here real quick 
to round out this segment, and then we'll go rapid fire on the rest of the rotation to close things out. So that means it's Jay Crowder. He was uh, only recently added to the starting lineup, of course. That was probably the biggest story around this team, apart from Booker's hot play during the the month of February, was the Kaminsky-Crowder back and forth in the starting lineup. So what we're looking at is 36% from three for Crowder, uh, five rebounds per game. But um, still, like you look at these box scores and the plus minus is still a little low for him. I think a lot of it is because, to me, the bench remains so good. And when he starts, especially lately, like early on, he was playing with the bench a lot. I feel like he's been playing with the bench less lately. And it seems to me like whoever gets some minutes with the bench guys gets boosted in the plus minus a little bit. I don't have the the numbers necessarily to back that up. That's just sort of what it seems like. So I wouldn't read too much into Crowder being a minus. I think he's been really positive for this team. I think the starting lineup now is is here to stay unless something happens injury-wise or whatever. So I feel to me like I got to go with above average, but I also think there's another level for Crowder to go to like we saw with Miami. So I'm actually going to go with a B minus here. Um, Just, you know, a little less efficient, didn't capture that starting lineup spot but has been about as good as you could expect him to be when he's been on the floor um so be minus for me yeah he's he's been a little up and down this month um you know i think this is the least amount of minutes he's averaged um so far like going on a month-by-month basis and you know barely at uh like 7.8 points per game true shooting is low like lower than league average too so um you know he's very streaky so there's gonna be some nights where he had six threes other nights where he's, he's over. So it's kind of, we've talked about this already. Just got to live with that. Um, I'm going to go with the C plus. I think, you know, he's, there's definitely uh, some of it's out of his control as far as, you know, playing with the starters, playing with the bench, uh, the minutes he's getting. And I think he's been pretty, he's, his passing has impressed me and, um, you know, just the toughness he brings is great, but I think a little more consistency would be nice. Um, and, I, and I do hope he, takes over the starting role full-time because I think that's where he's best suited. Um, so, yeah, definitely has has left a little bit to be desired this month, so I'm going to give him a C plus. Yeah, going to be really interesting to see over the last part of the season here in some of these games that I think the Suns are going to – we've already seen it. They, they are treating these big matchups as, like, benchmark games, I think, for, you know, a lot of reasons, matchup, but also just sort of, you know, wanting to win them. Um how Crowder is against like a LeBron James defending maybe a uh, Kawhi Leonard, sort of the, you know, maybe I guess the other guy that McHale doesn't guard in some of those matchups, but, you know, Giannis or just how it looks when he does a little bit of that stuff and, and if he can make an even bigger impact on defense when they're all as a team really locked in. Because that's what his playoff value is going to really be is the 3 and D stuff. And, um, you know, when you're not having to go full bore for 48 minutes or you're playing a bad team, his value is just not going to show up as much. So I hope we can see it in some of these high-profile games to round things out as the stretch run gets here and they're fighting for a seed and whatever. I think that's an area where Crowder could really look even better in the third quarter when we do this. So we'll have to see. And you saw it in Miami, right? Like, I mean, that that bubble run with with the Heat was, was... He was winning them games almost like just like doing all the little things, the dirty work. So the rare guy who's like better against the bucks than the bulls, as weird (laughs) as that is, you know, like you need him more when you're playing great teams. Yep. Exactly. 
Yeah. So hopefully, you know, we'll see. We'll see some more of those. They do play the LA teams a little more in the second half, and I think they'll. I think we'll see some high level basketball out of this team because they're not. They're not going to be. You know, let's get to a certain point and rest guys. That's. I don't think that's what we're going to see from them at all. Whereas other teams might go that direction. So, uh, it should be a big second half for Crowder. But let's close things out with the rest of this rotation. Some of the young guys. Some of the bench pieces. And uh, then we can get out of here. But first, another word from Built Bar. We've been telling you about how great Built Bars are and how they are the best tasting protein bar on the market for quite a while now. But Built Bar is low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, as you know, and it tastes amazing. But now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. So, yes, the whole thing, best tasting protein bar, but the best of the best. And that means it's Built Bar Madness. Yes, we are in conjunction with the basketball games going on this month, but we are doing Built Bar Madness instead. This week, I need you guys to go vote for Peanut Butter Brownie. My favorite. It's it's made it this far, and I really would be disappointed in you guys if you listened to this show and did not go do my bidding for me. So go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter to get in on the fun. And remember, when you buy your Built Bar, to use the promo code Locked On Twenty to get twenty percent off your order. Again, that is Locked On Twenty to get twenty percent off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And don't forget to check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar on the planet. Closing out the show with more player grades. Um, We're going to go with Mikhail Bridges to start things off. A little bit of a return to form from like the type of player that he has been for the most part. But I quickly wanted to remind you guys as well to check out Locked On NBA Draft, our newest NBA show on the network. Uh, around a rotating cast of hosts, including Mavs Draft on Twitter. If you know him, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are familiar. He is on the show, I think, once or at, maybe even twice a week, hosting, breaking down prospects, doing mock drafts, news analysis, trades even sometimes, local perspectives, everything you love about the Locked On Network, but all about the NBA Draft. Okay. Mikhail Bridges... I'll read his statistics really quickly, and then we can go a little quicker on some of these other players. But we have to give the guy a round of applause. 31.4 minutes per game in February, 57-40-86 shooting splits. Yes, the free throw attempts are low, but I'm still going to give him credit for it. Five rebounds, three assists per game, and his usual defensive impact, I think, for sure. Cutting more, I feel like, this, this part of the season than he was before. Um, Not as many high, high high-scoring nights as maybe he had early on, but I think we're seeing the version of McHale that's like the role he will play come postseason time. Yeah, definitely. He's been – this is pretty much what you expect out of him as far as, uh, you know, you get 12, 13 points a game, super efficient, knows his role. The cutting has been insanely, like, efficient this year too. Just everything he does is with a purpose and – you know, Rubio would often reward him last year, but now Chris Paul, and not just Paul, it's just the whole team really shares the ball, and it's it's beautiful to watch. So it is cool though how Paul, like you can see Paul realizing, like, damn, this guy really will move if I give him the space to, and like he's finding him more too, which I think is really good. Yeah, and that motivates you as a player, right? Like if you're if you know you're not going to get the ball off cuts, you're probably going to cut less, and I think it's yeah. kind of the opposite for Mikel. So he's. He's understanding. I think last year it kind of clicked for him. He's like, you know, I don't have plays drawn up for me, so 
you know, I'm just going to cut off the ball and see what happens. And it's been very, like, rewarding. He's a smart player. And I think even Cam Johnson's kind of picked up on that a little bit too. But not to go too far off topic, um, I'll, I think I'll go ahead and give uh, Mikel just a solid solid B here. Okay. I'm going an A because I feel like, you know, he had the 34-point night in that first quarter of the season. He was a little bit more involved on ball, but I actually feel like, all things considered, I think the Suns realize that it's good to give him those reps, and I think we all want to see more of him as he builds out his career, but it's probably best this year for him to be playing the role we've seen from him lately, which is maybe one or two opportunities with the ball in his hands per game, but more often off the ball. And with that said, I mean, he's been doing everything I think you want him to, and, and Offensive rebounding a little more over the past couple weeks, uh, you know, rim protection a little bit more over the past couple weeks. I talked about it on the show solo, just him playing more like a big man, and that's really exciting to see too. So we'll see what he rounds into come playoff time. He's added so many little things. What will his kind of final product be for 2021? But for this stretch, I feel like an A. Uh, I just can't find much of a hole with what he's done. So we'll go to Cam Johnson, the guy you just mentioned. Next, his stats for February and yes there were a few games in March as well but it's nice to do the snapshot just of the month here so 9.4 points 42% from the field 37% from three and four rebounds or so per game Um, a quiet month for Cam a, a month where a lot of times multiple players were getting in the game ahead of him after the first you know few weeks where he was clearly the sixth man for this team even ahead of Dario Saric or campaign and I think just a a period where Cam is having to realize or, or having to confront what the other ways he can impact the game are aside from just you know shooting the ball or even just scoring in general and I think he's having a hard time finding his spots with the other stuff and and so um I'm interested to hear what you have to say, but I think my grade might actually be a little lower than it was last time. Yeah, I know. And you got to remember, you know, he's still just a sophomore. It feels like he's been around forever. But uh, Yeah, with, the, uh, you know, with he's, the forever rookie season, it prolonged it, but you're right. Yeah, the never-ending rookie season. Uh, that pretty much carried over into here. But, yeah, I think uh, he's still – he has to figure out how to counter and adjust, um, kind of like Mikhail did early in his career, just like – finding new ways to reinvent yourself a little bit when the shot's not falling. And he's, he's shown, de- like, flashes of that for sure, off the dribble, you know, throwing down dunks where that caught us off guard or, you know, making some some of the same types of cuts that we see from Mikel. Like, I mean, they're nicknamed, like, twins by the team pretty much. Yeah. So I think they're definitely both kind of learning from each other in a way. So I think, you know, he'll figure it out. And it's been a little bit of a rough month as far as, like, minutes and consistency goes with him, but... Uh, you know, it's you're playing on a team that had the best record in, in February and still carving out a decent role, so uh, it could be worse. He's going to be a huge part of their playoff rotation, so they obviously want him to be good, right? They want him to be confident, to feel comfortable in his role, to be uh, to, to to use the green light that they're giving him, all that stuff. So um, I don't expect the minute stuff to continue unless he just really plays badly. I, I, I think they know how important he's going to be with his shooting and size and all of that, uh, just corporate knowledge that he has being here for two years come playoff time. So not uh, a signal of, of how I feel about him long term, but I'm going to go with a C- here. I just feel like um, probably one of the worst 
quarters we've had from Cam since he came to the Suns. And that's fine. I think it'll get better. But for now, C-. minus. How about you? Yeah, I'm pretty much in that same boat. I'm going to go C+. I still, like you said, it's not indicative of how I feel about him. I think he'll, you know, he's still very much an important part of this team. Him and Crowder both, really. Like, those are the types of guys that can swing a playoff game your way if they're if they're hot. So um, they're going to need them down the stretch. So just, I think, a little bit of a bump in the road as far as, you know, big picture. But uh, overall, I'm still very much a, a, on board the uh, Cam Johnson train. Same. I mean, if he could incorporate just a little more of like how Mikhail and even Kelly Oubre played in this offense, I think it could go a long way. And I hope we see that in the next part of the season. We'll go with Dario Saric, whose name I was just trying to make part of the word part. Um, (laughs) Next, we got 16.4 minutes, 11 points per game on 50-40-94 shooting. Because I guess every player on this team is just hovering around 50-40-90. Um, but over this last four games, this winning streak, he's been at 16 and four rebounds, two assists on 55, 46, 83 shooting. And really, I think coming into his own, he actually didn't miss one of those four games. So it's only three games. Um, but I think Dario, similar to Cam, they are realizing how important he's going to be. They're realizing how good he is and how credit to him. He has developed chemistry with people like Chris Paul already despite not playing with them very much because of the injuries and COVID stuff throughout the beginning of the year. I mean, I think we're in for in this second half a Dario Saric explosion, and I feel like we just saw it um, in numerous ways over this stretch. He only played in February eight games, so we're really not creating that much of a sample size, but what are you thinking for Dario here? Yeah, so a couple things. Uh, Number one, he is leading the NBA in net rating, 23.5. So Ridiculous. he's a solid like nine points ahead of Mike Conley. So, so what you're that. saying is he should have been the all-star fill-in. <clears throat> yeah, um, I'm, not, I'm surprised they didn't replace Booker <laughs> with Sarge, but that's, that's a debate for another day. Um, Adam Silver needs to be uh, impeached. <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, uh, true shooting is, you know, on the season 61%. He's not playing a ton of minutes. I think he's at... 18 minutes a game, uh, but when he's in, obviously he's been super effective, and he pretty much, like, that second unit is run through him, so um, he's been a huge part of their success, and every time the bench comes in with, with Dario leading the way, you know good things are going to happen, so. So go with your grade. What do you got? Um, got to give him an A. I mean, the net rating God. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna, I feel like I have to go with an A+. Plus. Like, Similar to, I think I gave Mikhail an A+. I feel like I'm not sure what else we could ask for from him. Like, don't sprain your ankle. You know, maybe that's it. I don't think I'm going <laughs> to knock him on that. And uh, I think, like I said, he's hitting all the benchmarks for maybe what I hoped we would see in December, but now we're seeing in February, March. And uh, if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be really big. I actually thought Eddie Johnson had a really smart point on this on the on uh, Zach Lowe's podcast as well that Sharich, you know, filling filling out his body, playing a little heavier than he was, playing a little bit, you know, more as a big man than he did coming, you know, in Europe, of course, but even then with the Sixers and and the Wolves is maybe part of the reason that he's had the health problems. I hadn't really thought about it that way, and I hope that doesn't mean that he still continues to struggle. Um, I hope the 
you know, the training staff has the right stuff in place for him to handle that, that burden, but we'll have to kind of obviously see. Um, okay. Last one here is going to be campaign to close things out. Again, a guy who struggled with injuries a bit was open about how much that actually helped him. So in, in February, he was nine minutes or nine games played 15 minutes a night, um, 50% from the field, three assists per game, nothing really huge in the box score. But again, over these past um, three or four games has really come on and, and had a nice one to close things out. So where are you with campaign? Yeah, it's been a very, uh, it's been a roller coaster season for him, like all around. But, you know, he's shown when he's healthy and like he can, he has that zip and he can get wherever he wants that he's huge for what they do. And just having another pull up threat off the dribble, someone that can create for others. And you saw everything kind of um, on display in that last game. And I think if we can get more of that version, obviously it's going to, you know, it, it doesn't have to be that uh, crazy every night to where he's putting up you know, those gaudy stat lines. But if he can just come in and just keep the pace moving, then, you know, he's doing his job. And that's, that's the main reason I think their bench, there's been some struggles like in the second quarter is when Paul's out, like Paul's out, Booker's out. You know, they just don't really have someone that can push the pace and keep the offense moving. So I think uh, campaign, like the bubble success was really predicated off of him. Like I'm not to give him too much credit, but it really was like he change the game on both sides of the floor so you know when he's healthy and the ankle's good like he can it sounds crazy to say this I didn't think he'd be on the roster like when they first signed him uh me neither next year but he's definitely exceeded my expectations overall and um like you said you can't really knock him for for being injured so yeah I I totally agree I mean I totally trust him to take the backup point guard role in the second half Monty sort of issued a little bit of a challenge after uh, the Warriors game, basically saying, you know, Cam played that well today. I know he can do that, but we need that plus defense every night for me to feel like he's the guy come playoff time. And he, you know, Monty said he knows how important it is to settle on a rotation. I wrote about that at Bright Side of the Sun this week, but that he just needs a guy to, to come in and claim it. And we know how fickle Monty can be with backup point guard, you know, dating back even to last season with how he couldn't really settle on anybody there either. But we saw Payne do just that in the bubble, claim that spot with defense and consistency of getting downhill and setting teammates up and all the rest. I think we saw enough this stretch to feel optimistic that that will happen in time for the postseason. All that said, though, I I just feel I don't want to be too hard on him because a lot of it I do really feel like was injury related. Even when he was in the game, he wasn't getting to the basket, and you could tell he was hesitant to do that. He looks healthier now, but a lot of those games were just hard to separate from his physical situation. Um, so I'm going to go with a B. No, I'm going to go with a C plus. I feel um, I feel like he wasn't too terribly above average, but he definitely played well in spurts. So I won't be too hard, but I'm going to go with a C plus. How about you? Yeah, that's that's exactly where I'm at. C plus. Um, you know this. The flashes have kind of been there, but the consistency hasn't. And, you know, he hasn't obviously been a mainstay in the rotation, which, like you said, I think that'll come over time. Um, and there's the spots there if he, if he wants it. Like, you know, each one more and is a solid veteran, but he's not a backup point guard, in my opinion. I think he's just more of a, a combo guard, kind of do-it-all type. And that's not really what they need. Uh, they need campaign to just continue to play with 
you know, the energy that he has when he's been healthy. So C plus definitely a lot more that he can do and that we've seen him do. So uh, looking forward to it. Hey, we haven't given anybody a D yet. I think that's a good sign. I know in the past seasons when we've done this, it was almost hard to find anyone besides Booker to give an A to. So we have come a long way. Um, That will wrap us up for grades here. And we will be back on Tuesday with another guest, hoping to get you guys a guest every single day all week. We have one game on Thursday this week, so I'll have the recap of that. But hopefully um, take this opportunity to take stock of the team, look to the future of what the postseason might look like, trade deadline coming up, all that good stuff. So stay tuned, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on, and have a great Monday.